Welcome to this episode of the Peace of Mind podcast, hosted by the National Centre for Mental Health, or NCMH as we're mainly known. We're speaking to you today from Cardiff University. I'm Bex Parker, the Senior Communications Officer at NCMH, and I'm very pleased to welcome Professor Francis Rice and Catherine Glynn. We're going to be discussing young people's mental health today, particularly around anxiety and depression, which is the focus of the Wolfson Centre for Young People's Mental Health, also hosted here at Cardiff University. Fran is one of the directors of the centre, and her research looks to understand what factors put young people at risk of developing these conditions, such as their environment and genetics. Catherine is a Policy and External Affairs Officer at Carers Trust Wales, and she also has experience of living with depression. She has been a member of the Wolfson Centre's Youth Advisory Group and is now a member of the Centre's Implementation and Engagement Board and the Steering Committee of the Centre's new study. She continues to help shape the Centre's work, sharing her skills and experience. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today. Um, Fran, we're going to start with you if that's okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the Wolfson Centre and why the focus on anxiety and depression in young people? Yeah, so we're a research centre based at Cardiff University. And we really carry out research to try and understand anxiety and depression better. And we focus on trying to address research questions that can have a practical difference to young people who are affected by these conditions. The centre came about following a national competition of UK universities and that our funder, who is the Wolfson Foundation, really they were very aware of how common anxiety and depression in young people are and the sort of significance of the problem and relatively little funding given the scale of the problem had been had been given to this area and so that's part of the reason that the centre came about. Great thanks Fran. Um, Could you tell us a little bit more about why the centre's needed? Um, Sure. Um, So I guess we need to understand more about anxiety and depression we really would like to try and um, prevent people having to deal with some of these difficulties, understand how they come about, um, and also think of ways that we can best support young people in a, in a variety of different ways. A key sort of challenge, I suppose, for research is the translation of research findings into practice. Um, and this is often called sort of the implementation problem or the implementation gap where things don't get picked up. And one of the ways that we're trying to sort of address this difficulty is that we have somebody jointly funded by Welsh Government and by our research centre to try and break down some of those barriers and to translate findings, research findings into practice more rapidly so that it can make a difference to people. Great, thank you. Um, and Catherine, would you mind painting us a picture of yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, where you work. Yeah, sure. That's quite an easy question. Um, <laughs> I am from um, Ernestmorn, um, Anglesey, up in North Wales, um, and I moved down to Cardiff for university back in 2016 now. Um, following a few different career paths, I guess, I now work for Carers Trust Wales, as you mentioned, um, working mainly in the policy area um, and kind of trying to influence the uh, the Welsh Government and the Welsh Parliament to um, improve things for unpaid carers. Um, my experience of, of mental health has led me to, um, to kind of work with the Wilson Centre. Um, the way I got involved in the Wilson Centre, actually, I was um, doing my master's and I had um, an email um, just looking for people who had had experience with anxiety and depression um, and I thought well 
that's me. So I'll <laughs> I'll I'll get involved. Great. Um, so how old were you when you received your diagnosis, Catherine? So my diagnosis of depression was in my second year of university, which is probably not that uncommon. Um, and I, yeah, I was just struggling with, with everything. And I um, ended up on search line for, for about a year. Um, and then following following that, I kind of kind of improved and the, the search line really helped. Um, but then the anxiety came along with that, with kind of, you know, the future, knowing what to do after university, everyone doing seemingly better than you. So I think the anxiety around that um, started to kick in um, when I was doing my master's as well. So I, I ended up back on Searchline then and I came off it in April. So doing a lot better. So it's nice to be able to use my experiences to hopefully make a positive difference. That's why I love being involved in the Wilson Centre. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, so were your family and friends understanding of your diagnosis? Did you get support from loved ones with it or did you have to look for support elsewhere? Yeah, I think my, well, my family, I don't know if this is um, just a, a Welsh thing, but we're very much kind of, you know, you don't speak much about your, your mental health. You kind of got on with it. Um, so up until I was diagnosed, it, we, we never discussed it at home. It was never a kind of, oh, you know, mental health is all, rubbish or anything it wasn't like that but it was it was never discussed because it was never a major problem until uh, until I was diagnosed with depression so we once once I was diagnosed we kind of started talking openly about mental health and it was yeah I think now we're we're, we're very much almost too like how are you doing and asking you know because we I live so far away from them so it's yeah it's very much um, an open conversation now and they're the first people I go to if I've got any problems um, and I think What's also helped with with that kind of going back to when I was at university, when everything started, um, my personal tutor um, was was a great help. He was kind of able to um, kind of help me find other help within the university, and also because he understood the work I was having to do as well. It was um, he was a great support. Um, so yeah, I would like to mention that because he he was a great help. I probably wouldn't have finished the degree if it wasn't if it wasn't for his help. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear they were able to support you. Um, what did you think about when you first heard of the Wolfson Centre? I know you mentioned you had an email that was uh, advertising the youth advisory group. Um, what did you think when you heard about the centre and, and what it was trying to do? Well, the first thing I thought was that the fact that they were actually asking young people to be involved in, in their work was really fresh. Um, not that I, I'd known much about the area before, but I thought that kind of that co-production involvement of, of people who you're doing research about and for was was really was really new and quite exciting and I was I wanted to get involved um and also a center that's purely based on young people's mental health is um is really important to me as a young person yeah. Fran did you want to come in on that on the importance of of young people kind of being embedded at the heart of the centre's work? Yeah so I suppose that's what we've tried to do from the outset and I really feel like people like Katrin and the people that that she sort of works with as part of the youth advisory board are actually well first of all they're better advocates for the center than than I I can be um and also that involving them at all stages and in all pro parts of the research process I think is really important um identifying priorities for research informing the design of the study and and how we might kind of carry things forward so I think it's really crucial essentially. 
Um, Catherine, you've you've mentioned there that you're a member of the youth advisory group at the Wolfson Centre, and that's uh, led you to do lots of work um, advising on the centre's research priorities, as Fran just mentioned, um, and developing content for mental health awareness and discussing what research studies and how they should be planned at the centre. What has it meant to you being involved in in work like that? Well, this question is something that I've I've thought about before actually, because I've I've been doing a few presentations with. <clears throat> for my work with with Emma um, in in the Wilson team, and I think what it's meant is just kind of having your voice heard. Um, obviously, you're helping contribute to to really important research that's gonna gonna help other people. But selfishly, I think it's it's allowed me to meet people that I never would have met. I mean, obviously, doing this today would never have happened, and it's a great opportunity for somebody who is like me, who is interested in the research, to kind of kind of be involved and feel like you're properly heard like you don't well with with most of the people who who come and speak to us you never think oh gosh they're here just to tick a box you really feel like they want to want to hear what you have to say and what Fran just said with people coming to us at different stages of their of their research and their projects when they then come back to give an update on on where they're at it and you see how what you had to say and your input has actually helped um and shape what what they're doing I really find that just refreshing and you don't think you know as a young person sometimes you feel like your opinions kind of tossed to the side or, or whatever but I think with this um it's literally the opposite and it's like you're you're really valued and I think that took a bit of time to get used to um but I think I can say on behalf of everyone in the advisory group that we feel like we are heard and you know even criticism is taken taken really well and yeah it's it's a good thing to be a part of. Um, Fran, we'll come back to you now. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to work in the field of young people's mental health? Sure. Um, I've always been interested in psychology. Couldn't study it at school because I'm sort of too old for that project. Subjects have been um, you know, offered at school. So I was always interested in it. Um, so I applied to university to do psychology, got into Oxford, which was exciting. Um, and then came back and worked in in research as sort of a as a research assistant on someone else's project in Cardiff then I got the opportunity to do a PhD um, and I suppose that's the sort of start of my career in this area I, I did my PhD on depression in in young people and looking at genetic and, and environmental contributions um, to be an academic often you need to go and get a job somewhere else so I moved to London for a bit I got my first lectureship at, at the University College in London and came back to Cardiff in 2015 because I was keen to come back and work in Cardiff with all the brilliant colleagues I have here. Great and you're currently recruiting for a new study the SWELL study could you tell us a little bit about it and what you're aiming to do? Sure um, so SWELL stands for Skills for Adolescent Wellbeing um, essentially, what we're trying to do is to test whether we can prevent adolescent depression from developing in, in young people. And we're testing an intervention based on principles of something called cognitive behavioral therapy. And that really involves learning new skills, so thing, particularly things around how we think, so trying to think more flexibly trying to identify maybe pessimistic or negative styles of thinking and introduce more balanced ways of thinking. So it's, so it's a way of um, you know, teaching ourselves how, how to think differently about our circumstances. 
So that's the intervention that we're using. And research shows that these types of preventive interventions work best when we target them at people who are most, most need them. And so our study involves focusing on young people, teenagers, 13 to 17, who have a parent with a history of depression and also either have had depression themselves in the past or have got some current symptoms that aren't severe enough to sort of mean that they need to be treated by a by a healthcare professional, but that they could potentially benefit from this intervention. So this is called a randomised controlled trial. Um, so we sort of randomly assign which young people will receive the intervention. And the reason that we do this is that this provides the best quality evidence that something is effective and decision makers who decide what gets implemented in healthcare as, as sort of routinely need this type of evidence to, to decide whether, whether they're um, this can be implemented in practice. I suppose the other thing about this particular study is because it involves young people where a parent's had depression, we're also offering extra help to support parents when they're in a, a current depressive episode. So offering them um, a period of treatment with our study team of doctors and specialists to try and get their depression better before the young person is is randomised to receive the intervention or not. Okay, thank you. Um, um, what are you hoping will be the the impact of this project, of this study? Yeah, so this is, a, I suppose, a very applied study. We're hoping to generate really good quality evidence that can be picked up by um, people in the NHS who make decisions about what interventions are available for people there's, there's lots of scientific evidence to suggest that if you get in early and give people early preventive interventions, then not only does it benefit those young people and their families, but it also saves money in the long term because you're sort of interrupting and, and improving somebody's life course trajectory. So our hope is that this study will show that the intervention's effective and that we can look at getting that implemented into standard health care settings. Great. Um, back to you, Catherine. Uh, obviously, you're on the steering committee for this new study. Um, what would you say to somebody who is thinking about taking part in research like the SWELL study? Well, the first thing that comes into my mind is just to say, why not? <laughs> it's, um, from my perspective, when, when I was asked to, to come onto it and heard about what, what the study is going to do and hopefully will do, it's just kind of like a no-brainer. You think you're going to hopefully help people in the future. The idea of preventative kind of helps, obviously, the individual and the families and, as you said, Fran, kind of the person's future trajectory, but it also helps kind of society as a whole because of the whole you know you'll save the NHS some money in the long term and then you'll have the person will go into society and help others and you just have that kind of broader domino effect I would say um on it but also from a perspective if you look at yourself if you're, you're wanting to learn some skills I mean we've had um one or two meetings so far one I think um and it's Obviously, I'm I'm there as a lived experience um, person, but you have people who are kind of experts in this field, and it's really interesting to learn from what they're saying. Um, 
I mean, you do get it. Not that I got imposter syndrome, but I did think I have to remind myself why I was there. Um, and then I was like, yes, everybody does want to hear what I have to say. Um, and it was, yeah, you again, with the same with the youth advisory group, you really feel like people do want to hear what you have to say. Um, it's like you bring a bring a certain expertise. Um, and I think people want to hear the expertise. So if you're thinking of getting involved, I think, can't think of a reason not to. That's a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> um, and what difference do you hope the study will make in the long term? I mean, I can't add too much more than what Fran's already said because she's the expert. But um, I think that hopefully that what you've said you want to do with it, it's it's going to make a positive difference um, to people. Um, the whole preventative idea I'm really interested in um, and the fact that if people do take part, that they will then be supported as well um, when they do go through kind of a tough time during the trial. So I think that's going to help people as well. Um, and yeah, the changing, hopefully the, the findings will make a, a good change, but I can't really say anything else that's, that's otherwise than what Fran's already said. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, so I'll, I'll open this one out to both of you now. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say to young people who are thinking of speaking to somebody about their mental health but might not know where to start? I'll go first. Um, I think it's kind of one of those things where it, before you think of doing it, it's really daunting and you don't know, you know, you think of all the scenarios that are going to happen and the worst case scenario will never happen. Um, so I would say just go and speak to someone you trust that's that's what I did. Um, obviously, it doesn't work for everybody, um, but speaking to a family member or a friend is is really important. And to know that you're not alone, and that the people who were there for you will always be there for you, no matter what you think. Yeah. So I'd I'd sort of add to that and and agree wholeheartedly with that. I suppose the first thing I'd say is well done because <laughs> it's quite hard to. Um, I guess, take that first step. Talking to someone you trust is really important. I guess the other thing, like Catherine said, is almost having an expectation that if you do go and seek professional help, like from your GP or from sort of charities and these sorts of organisations, that these people are really well trained and they have, have lots and lots of experience in dealing with these sorts of difficulties. And I think that you can expect to be listened to and um, to find some good support. There's lots of good support available. Sometimes it's quite hard to find it. And I suppose, you know, going to somewhere like your GP is, is a good is a good starting point. Great. Thank you very much, both. Um, so as we've already said, the, the Wolfson Centre is currently recruiting for the SWELL study and is looking to speak to parents with a history of depression who have a child aged between 13 and 17. If you think you may be eligible and you think you can help us make a difference, please click on the link in the podcast description or visit the Wolfson Centre for Young People's Mental Health website at cardiff.ac.uk. Um, thank you very much both for joining us today on Peace of Mind podcast. And we'll see you next time.